Welcome to the Amateur Church Podcast, where we pursue excellence in ministry with the right motivation for the sake of love. I'm Pastor Matt, and I'm so thankful that you are on this disciple's journey with me. This week, we're going through the books of Ecclesiastes and Song of Songs. And as we dive in today uh, to this episode, we are looking at apologetics. How can we defend our faith in Christ and in the Word of God, specifically these two Old Testament wisdom books. And I really want to focus on one particular verse and passage found in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 as we ask this question about apologetics. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11, and it's going to give us kind of some insight into the heart and the life of of man. It says, he, being God, has made everything beautiful or appropriate in its time. He has also set eternity in their heart, yet so that man will not find out the work which God has done from the beginning even to the end. So as I look at this, this statement, uh, really a summation to me of the book of Ecclesiastes, is a great apologetic text that shows us the state of mankind even today. Um, though written 3,000 years ago, applies to us. Remember, Solomon's focus is trying to figure out what is the meaning of life? Is there meaning to life? And he begins Ecclesiastes, vanity of vanities or meaninglessness of meaninglessness. And, and he comes to the conclusion in chapter 12 that, uh, the only thing that we're to do is fear God, obey His commands, invest in what really matters, and respond in obedience to Him. So, in the middle of this, he, he tells us that God has set eternity in our hearts. And when I'm doing uh, and maybe an apologetic debate or discussion, argument, whatever you want to call it, Remember, the focus is always to try to win the heart. But in this, you you are debating, you are arguing, and whether this is on a uh, you know in a setting uh, where there are rules and judges in a debate, or or maybe in a conference between you and an opposing view, or whether this is just at the coffee house and you're sitting down with somebody who is not necessarily like minded in Christianity. The uh, one of the places that I like to begin with is the heart, uh, meaning when people talk about is there really um, uh, absolute truth? That's a good question. Or is God real? Or is there a standard of righteousness? This is a text that I usually go to because God says through His Word that He has set eternity in their heart. And if we were to be honest we've got to recognize that there is something in every single individual that knows the difference in right and wrong. And it's because God has placed a beauty in our lives as a standard of righteousness. Uh, many have, have used this as an apologetic argument for the existence of God, that because we know that something is good or because we know something is bad— there is a standard of righteousness. You can go to any culture, you can go to any uh, any nation or any people group, 
and talk about um, evil, and they understand what you're saying. It is wrong to kill. It is wrong to steal. It is wrong to take someone's property or to insult. Every culture knows that, not because there's a list of rules of do's and don'ts from that culture that's written down, but because in our hearts, we know what bad and evil is. Why? Because it says in verse 11, God has made everything appropriate or beautiful in its time. There is a standard of righteousness that God has placed in our hearts. And the reason for that is because, number two, there is a call for eternal joy that's in our hearts. Notice this again. He has also set eternity in their hearts. Not only has God shown us a standard of righteousness, but he has given us a void in which our lives are crying out for something far greater than this world. That there's this void in us that that this world cannot be it. It cannot be in its um in its wickedness and its sinful state, in its groaning, all creation groaning according to according to Romans 8, that there is something in us crying out for more. And and God does that. This is one of the verses I use at a lot of uh, gravesides or a lot of funeral services, reminding people that um, that death is not the end. That there is a crying out for eternity. And for those who are believers, it's a it's a cry of excitement and joy. For those who are non-believers, it's a cry of eternal damnation and sorrow. And that's why the decisions we make today affect our eternal state. And so we must understand first that God has placed a beauty or a standard of righteousness. God has placed a call in our hearts for eternal joy. But God has also fixed an end to our lives as hope. Notice this again, that man will not find out the work which God has done from the beginning even to the end. Meaning man may not understand everything about how things are working out from beginning to end. Uh, the context, again, ch- chapter 3 is there's an appointed time for everything, a time for every event under heaven, a time to be be born, a time to die, plant and be planted uh, to or, or uproot what was planted, time to kill and a time to heal, and time to, to tear down and a time to build up. And, and we don't always see from God's perspective when those times are, and how we should respond in those times. But we can trust that God has fixed, in His own infinite wisdom, how things should line up. Our God is sovereign and in control. And so when we think about apologetics, and we think about defending the faith, we always be reminded that we can point back to God placing a standard of righteousness. We are not the standard of righteousness. We do not determine righteousness. God is. God has placed a call for eternity on our hearts. We are not eternal beings holding it together. We are made for eternity, though, by the immortal being God. And we have not fixed the end of our lives. We can't determine what that looks like, but God has. And so there's a sense of humility even that this text brings up. And so we want to be reminded of that. And ultimately, it points us to Jesus Christ as our hope. So the book of Ecclesiastes, when, uh, as I said earlier this week, when read in the wrong manner can be a very depressing book. But when read rightly, 
when understood in light of the gospel, it brings us hope that my heart is crying out for a greater day. My heart is crying out for the new home uh, that we are promised, Jerusalem. And so I'm looking forward to that day. As we close out our episode, I want to uh, focus on our ministry moment. And our ministry moment actually uh, today uh, is uh, is a focus on the ministry of Voices of Mobile, who will be with us tonight in service. And I'm so excited about what they are uh, doing. In their, uh, they have been all over the nation. In fact, just finishing a tour in Israel a few weeks back. And they're going to be with us tonight. I'm so looking forward to that. My daughters are, are, are just thrilled to hear them. They love the Voices of Mobile. And I hope that if you're listening, that you will be with us. Uh, 6.30, the concert begins, and we look forward to a great time together. And may we do what they are doing, sing out with joy the truth of Jesus Christ. I love you. I'm praying for you. Stakes in the ground. <laughs>